Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 48. Uh, we're just four episodes away from the one year anniversary of the show. November 4th will be that episode. Uh, super stoked about it and hope that you guys are too. Really appreciate all the support you guys have given me. Um, over the last year and even before that for, for some of you. So I have an amazing guest lined up for that episode. Um, really think that that's going to be one that you guys want to pay attention for. Uh, I don't want to give away too much on that, though. For today's episode, I had an awesome time talking with Anna and Ryan, also known as the Vons. They're based out of New Jersey. They just got signed to Equal Vision Records earlier this year. They've got a new EP coming out. We couldn't talk a ton about that because none of us knew what they were allowed to talk about on it yet. But they just dropped a new single called All Weekend. Check out the description of the podcast on our website for the video. Um, or if you go to YouTube, obviously. You'll be able to find the video there. Um, it was a really cool little concept video that they did involving Ryan kind of getting cloned. Uh, he makes a joke in the conversation that we had about being an octuplet. Uh, and so that's how they were able to work within the coronavirus um, guidelines and things like that. But, you know, it, it was a great conversation. They both constantly laughing, smiling, having a good time. Uh, I really love their energy. I think they've got tons of potential. I can't wait for this EP. I mean, honestly, I think it's a fairly unique sound, um, especially for the Equal Vision roster. Uh, but even aside from that, I think it's it's just got this cool vibe to it that you know I definitely want more of. So... Um, want to thank Anna and Ryan both for taking the time to do the interview. Um, we talked about a ton of stuff, guys. I mean, we talked about how the DIY mentality and work ethic has been able to lift them to the point to the point where Equal Vision paid attention and eventually signed them. Uh, we talked about how quarantine's affecting, you know, the writing process and things like that and what that does to your mentality and mental health. Um, we talked about Ryan's garden. Um, obviously, we don't have the video up, but he was super excited to show us, quite honestly, a ridiculously large eggplant that he grew. Um, so, you know talking about just kind of picking up new habits or hobbies during quarantine because what else is there to do? Um, I think you guys definitely need to check out the Vons. Hopefully this episode will kind of inspire you to or, you know, at least turn your turn your eyes and ears to them for a little bit. Um, I think, you know... They've just got shitloads of potential. So 
Uh, let's jump into my conversation with Anna and Ryan, also known as the Vons. So basically, to, to kick off and kind of get us started for the podcast, what I will do is the same opening question that everybody asks, and that's, what's your name, kind of what you do in the band, and a little background on yourselves. Nice. Um, my name's Anna. I'm the singer. <laughs> I stuttered. <laughs> I'm the singer. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm the singer, and um, I play guitar in the band. Uh, you do the writing, and... Any specific background information? No, I mean, if you want to jump into like kind of where music started for you, or you know, what made you decide that a band is the way you wanted to go. Um, yeah, I always, I always played. My dad played, and I was kind of inspired to write because he did a little bit, and he had like a few love songs he wrote about my mom. And when I was little, I just it was always a treat when he played guitar, and it was something that I got curious in, and and then I fell in love with rock and pop rock and basement scenes and just kind of found myself there and we started again and just never looked back there i am boom here we go <laughs> uh i'm ryan i play drums and uh some other stuff sometimes <laughs> uh, because the two of us it's kind of like we're, we're wearing yeah. all the hats at this point right um yeah um i yeah um, I've been playing, I don't know, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. Um, my parents were big music fans, I mean, are big music fans, and it was always right going on and stuff and that growing up. Um, and then I think I tried playing guitar and realized it was hard and terrible and I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> and then my dad bought himself a drum set at like three years old and I thought it was really fun because I could just make noise and smash them. Right. <laughs> and then I just kept playing. <laughs> I think it just became something for me that was like something that I did that not a lot of other people did. Um, and then found myself in high school, you know, playing all these shows at, you know, church backyard stages, basements and stuff. I think it just became like the most fun that I had. You know, yeah. it was cool doing something that I loved that not everybody understood or did or whatever. And then, I don't know. I think. I've always had this dream, you know, the, the rock and roll dream of yeah, tour and flying in Europe and Japan and just I don't know. I've always had like I've always had like the biggest dream. As a drummer, the one thing that I wanted more than anything was like making the drum part in the song, like uh, you know, Phil Collins in the air tonight, where everybody who doesn't even know how to play drums can like air drum. Right. <laughs> That's my dream. I want to do that, and I want people. Like out in the audience, to just be like air drum in the part. That's my dream. That's why I play drums still. Awesome, awesome. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I ran into the same problem with guitar when I was growing up. Uh, my brother played um, rhythm guitar, and I was like, oh, I'm going to learn because, you know, he plays. And then I was like, yeah, I can't figure out string five and six. My pinky's not good enough for that, so I switched over to a bass guitar. I can do that one. <laughs> yeah. Bass is fun. I don't like bass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Listen to Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your your upstart. You guys have kind of an interesting um, coming together story, and then you know being on the DIY scene and and really to, showing what the hustle can do because you just got signed as well. So let's go into a little bit of the history of of the Vons. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy, like, uh, just wild few years, but it's very intense, very fun. It's definitely, you have to love it, I think, to do this, because it is a <laughs> lot, as you said, balancing, <laughs> as you know, balancing, uh, you know, anything from family to relationships to money, money to like, yeah. <laughs> but I think we're just so obsessed with it at the point, we just have, we don't even know. I, we always say, like, I don't know what we do with ourselves, like, if we didn't do this. But yeah, we, we started here on 2014, totally New Jersey style, met in a garage. Uh, I got invited to go jam at a band practice yeah. in Ryan's house. And I walked in and like this little blue garage that they made, the, like this makeshift studio with the foam, uh, like sound printing on the, on the walls. And a band post. You know, little sled <laughs> There and, and there's Brian just do, 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 like John Bono all over the place. <laughs> and the other guys um, who were previously in our band just absolutely shredding our solos, everything. And I was coming from like folk acoustic guitar scene and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I think the best way to put it is at that point, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just like a bunch just of jamming. people jamming. Yeah. And I think at that, at that time, at the beginning, we had like two lead guitars. Mm. Yeah, it's like shredding guitars all the time at the beginning. Yeah, it was like so much fun. Like I'll always like have such a soft spot for those years because we had no idea what it, what we wanted to be as a band, what it meant to be in a band. We just were like, we want to write songs and go play shows, and we just did that. We just started doing it without any real, I feel like, knowledge or insight or anything. And then we basically did that for like five years. I feel like last year or like somewhere along the way, I think we started getting semi-decent and like actually doing <laughs> good. Do we get there yet? I don't even know. Like, think, yeah, so. I guess. Um, like, and we literally just like, we bought a van. We just drove around. We just totally just fell in love. We found, and like we're, the New Jersey music scene was really welcoming and kind to us. And we got involved with all the basement shows and then, that turned into playing basements around the East Coast, which turned into like going to, you know, Indiana to play shows. And, um, and we just did it because we just loved it. And it was kind of cool last year, we put out our first LP and uh, that was when we met like Equal Vision um, and they kind of, I guess, found out as, yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, and then we got lucky and um, they liked us and we liked them and we became friends and now we, we're doing it at a whole nother scale and flying by the seat of our pants. Right? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. 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 Uh, talk a little bit about the, the hustle that goes into being DIY, like especially before Equal Vision comes into the, the picture. Like I don't think a lot of kids understand exactly what it takes to promote yourself, to try to, you know, book shows yourself and figure out the best trip route to, you know what I mean? Like, especially if you're touring the, even a small region by yourself, like you have to plan that out really precisely. What goes into that for you guys? I mean, I think the tours, you typically try to start booking as much as six months in advance um, DIY, just because you're not going to get a lot of responses. So it's hundreds, thousands, maybe of cold emails, just like, hey, here's my band's music. Will you let us play? And it's a lot of no's. Um, same thing with press starting out. Like I would do a lot of the like 
press when we first started and we would just send email after email to um, local papers like, hey, do you want to feature us? And lots of no's. Once in a while you get a yes and that's a win and that's great. And um, and even like on top of that, it's really just like practicing, like devoting time out of your week uh, away from friends and fun stuff like to just get in a room and practice and then any show opportunity I think I think any show opportunity we got for the first two years we took and then slowly we started getting more and got to be more selective but it was just like I think you just have to say yes to every opportunity that comes until you have any until you get to a place where you actually have to make decisions about is this a good opportunity or not because in the beginning opportunity is a good opportunity and I think people don't realize like like there can't be an ego in that like you can't be expected to get off the bat you just have to do it because you just want you're just happy to get any anything i guess yeah awesome go ahead ahead. no no, i'm good i'll take the next one you're fine i was just gonna say um from a kind of a mental health standpoint you know, the, the music industry can be pretty rough. And like you're saying, you know, it's a lot of no's before you hear a yes. What does that do for you? You know, like, how do you overcome the just constant rejection of, you know, even when it's a smaller venue and you're like, damn it, why can't we play this small venue? Like, what's that do to you in, in a balanced standpoint? I think I have a unique perspective on this. I actually work for a concert promoter in the music industry. Oh, okay, yeah which I didn't at first when I was younger, it definitely would like hurt my feelings and I get sad about it. And like, I think there's like almost like this switch that went off eventually that was like, you can't take any of this personally. Like, and it was just like, none of these no's matter. All that matters is one yes. So I think at some point, cause yeah, mental health wise, it's in the beginning, you're so terrified to even send that email but at some point it's like the switch goes off and it's just like, I feel like at this point we're so immune to rejection where we're just like, got nothing to lose. Here we go. Send another one. Right. It's just like been a complete switch for us, but also working in the industry. I think it's like about two years ago, I got um, this opportunity to like, I'm, I'm like basically an assistant for a very old school, like concert promoter. And I do like all the ticketing and set up the ticket links and it's been really cool. But I also seeing that side of it, I think I've just realized that everyone's busy. No one has time to always read these emails and we get bands that email us and we don't even read them. So it's not, it's really not a personal thing. It's really just like everyone's busy and you know, you're lucky if you get someone to even open it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, we'll kick it over to you for how good did the yes feel when Equal Vision came into the the picture? You know, like after, you know, busting your ass, doing the DIY here and no for years and then for Equal Vision to be like, yeah, we like it. Let's let's do something. That's a really difficult question um, because I think um, being in, I don't want to say this. You know, when you're in a band with multiple people, you know, everybody comes from a different place and has different opinions on things. Um, when we got the, when, you know, when Equal Vision was interested, I, you know, Anna and I were just losing our shit. We were just yeah. so, so excited. And, you know, it felt like all the work that we did kind of came to like a head where we were just like, oh my God, somebody actually thinks that we're good enough. Like this is, we can do this. All this work right. that we've done is, you know, it's, 
this is just another step, but like we've gotten to the point that like, you know, not every single band gets to, um, I think that was what was tough about it was just, um, I don't want to say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm getting at? It was a weird situation for us because it kind of was this, um, I think check-in point. We were a four piece band at the time that this offer. And I think it was like, when we got this deal, it really became, everyone had this, like, it was kind of like you had to double down on what we're doing. It's a way bigger commitment to commit to this deal as great as it is it's someone wants to help and fund and do this for you it's a lot of work and you're still balancing a lot of other things like all of us still have to work so um we unfortunately like two our two other members who had been with us for six years decided that they were at a point where they no longer wanted to continue so it was a really weird that was a really big mental health check for both of us because it was like we knew we wanted to do this and felt all these positive emotions, but we also realized that it was never going to be the same. And it meant like, you know, losing a couple of friends who were there with us, you know, that's what I was trying to say. I didn't, you know, how to put it into the right words, but it was just, it was one of those situations where you're really, really excited about something, but you almost can't act excited just because that's not really how everybody was feeling. And, you know, for all these other reasons and choices, but Anna and I were really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And equal vision. I mean, it's not like they're, they're just some kind of nobody label, you know, they've had some amazing bands on that label. Um, I think they've got a great vision for, what they want their sound and roster to, to look like and sound like. So, I mean, I think it's pretty high praise. Yeah, no, definitely. We were definitely fans. I don't know what that means. We you were... said vision. I said, is it equal? Oh, they have. Come on. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we were definitely fans. I think we both grew up listening to a lot of the bands on that roster um, or previous rosters. Uh, Circus Survive, Fall Saves the Troy. Day, yeah. Coheed and Cambria. So there's a couple, and like Portugal the Man was a huge one. Yeah. So there's a couple that we like geeked out about and like right. when we got their office um i guess at the very beginning it was like january we finally got to go visit them um and it was we were geeking out like they let us go in the back and pick out some merch and we were running around like kids like (laughs) finding all the band t-shirts and i think ryan's gonna pull out some good check this out Saves the day on cassette. Wow. Isn't that That's amazing. <laughs> you can't even find the green one online. It doesn't exist. Oh wow. Yeah. So we were like school kids. We, we were definitely feeling the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. Then like, um, I, I think to your point of like, I do think that they have, um, a really nice vision of where they want to see the label go right now. I think it's an interesting time for them. And um, I don't know, I think that they've made some interesting choices with like signings. And for a lot of people, we're definitely like a little bit, we're definitely on a softer side, poppier side for them. Um, yeah. But I think it's, it's still cool because we have those like DIY roots and it kind of felt right for us to be in a place that I think has that indie mentality and do it in just you know punk rock hard work mentality because that's who we are inside even though our music's a little bit popular and also like you know everybody you know i guess my point is that you know before i was in this band earlier this band was you know more of a rock band and then when i was in high school i was playing in heavier bands and 
when Equal Vision reached out, I was like, oh my God, this is like every band that I was into for such a long time. And we were like in the office and they had like all the like 500,000 records sold of like every band that I yeah. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the direction of the sound and how that's kind of evolved now that you are a two-piece outfit instead of the four. Um, what's kind of went into that direction of, okay, we know at least live, we're not going to be able to play all the parts ourselves. So how, how are you making changes for that? Well, live, we definitely still are playing as a four piece um, and beyond like live. We're still definitely a band rock band. Um, We have um, Brian's brother has been helping us on bass and our friend Jordan's been playing guitar. Awesome. Um, I think definitely like we're going to get back to those roots, I think, in the future um, and dive deeper into, you know, a rockier sound at some point. But um, yeah, I think it just was just naturally what was kind of coming out of the two of us we had even though FOMO came out in 2018 I think it was written in like 2016 so that's like a good now it's 2020 and it had been or 2019 and we were starting to write for Equal Vision and it was like it had been four years since we sat down to write so just naturally like we had both I think grown and rethought and learned a lot as writers and Personally, I think I was just in a place where I, I was looking to do something a little softer, just, and it was just what was coming out. And then we got excited by like, oh, we're not limited to the same four sounds we were working with before. So like, we can throw a synth in here and we can throw an electronic drum pad. And then we just were like, this is freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to talk a little bit more about that, I think, you know, just when you subtract two of the you know angles and opinions and instruments and every every musician kind of has a way that they look at things you know every time the the same drummer handles a song he kind of has like his like pocket ideas that he's going to come up with um but i think once we had some lineup changes we kind of had to rethink everything and when we came to writing songs it was like well we don't have to do it this way anymore and then we got some new toys and it's like well let's pull the synth back out maybe want want some keys here maybe we should do this and it was like i think it kind of just like opened up a door for us with creativity of like there aren't any rules anymore um so maybe this song is gonna sound like the old stuff maybe this song is gonna sound like a folk song it's like we're not trying to, to play into kind of the same square that um we were playing for now we're just writing what we feel like and you know if people like it that's awesome yeah, awesome. Uh, so let's talk about the new single. All Weekend just came out uh, two weeks ago now. So um, last week, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Quarantine, it, it's hard. Quarantine, you lose track of days. It's weird. Uh, but no, what, what kind of response are you guys getting off that? And, you know, kind of what are you seeing online with it? Um, it's gotten, yeah, it's definitely gotten a great response. I, I think, um, to some respects, like definitely more attention than anything we've put out before. Um, I think that just has to do with having a little bit more people paying attention with the signing announce and all that. Um, and yeah, I think we were really nervous and also excited because it was the first new thing in a while. And, um, it's been all really, really positive. We're definitely excited and, we had a lot of fun with the video, so we were just excited to get that out. Yeah. Um, with the video, let's talk about, obviously, that was shot during quarantine, right? So yeah. uh, kind of how did that work? Was it because 
it's pretty much just you two that you were able to, to do that or was there some restrictions on it? Well, I'm, an, I'm actually an octuplet, so I mean, I'm <laughs> and other brothers. So. <laughs> um, I mean, all of the camera guys that work there were masked up and everything. And because it was outside, it was way easier to social distance and oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the other members, you know, my brother and Jordan that were in the video, we've been quarantining together. And Anna and I have been together basically this whole time. So um, it wasn't super hard for us to, to do the video because they're, you know, because it was a lot of me and then the rest right. of everybody else. It was it was a lot easier. I think it would have been a lot more complicated if we did a video with like a lot of other people. Yeah. But for what we did, it was yeah, I think at some point when we were coming up with the concept, we were thinking about having more extras and kind of cloning multiple people. And I think right. like COVID, we just pretty quickly were like, when we realized the time frame, we I think we filmed it in August. So things were, you know, um, at least restrictions had been sort of lifting where I think right now in Jersey, the rule was like 50 gatherings of 25, 25 or something. Outside. We might have had six yeah. or seven. Yeah. So we had like six or seven people and every again being outside definitely helped um but our original ideas definitely had to get scaled down a bit you know yeah i think yeah we, we kind of like i think the original idea kind of started with like having like just shots of you know each of us but kind of like where instead of having just like all me and everything it was like Anna's playing badminton with herself or I'm like serving beers to myself, you know, it would have just been like a bunch of that. And it kind of just yeah. became like Ryan party. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, what's the, the writing process been like in quarantine? You know, does that play a factor for the content that you're creating? You know what I mean? Like from a mental standpoint, you're, you're locked in the house. You don't get to do what you used to do. Um, has that been affecting the way that you write? Um, yeah, I had like, I mean, with this song, it was really interesting because I actually started writing it uh, last summer when we were touring a bunch. And it just started out as me being like, I'm like pretty introverted and like, I love everything I do and I love touring and playing, but I, I do need my like weekends alone. So right. I, Totally started out as me just feeling kind of overwhelmed by everything and just singing like the the chorus was just like all weekend I'm staying home like tell my friends you know basically tell my friends I'm staying home I'm staying home this weekend was the whole song and then we were in quarantine in the like the most extreme points of quarantine and we were finishing up the song and prepping to do the final demos and stuff and it was just me and him just drilling this stuff like day after day and all of a sudden i was just like this feels really weird to sing about wanting to stay home when while we're staying home <laughs> to stay home right now so i i we completely like sat down with the lyrics and just i wanted to like rework it in a way where it was not just about that and not just about covid but you can kind of get hints of that in there so like the and just showing like my perspective shift on staying home since um everything happened so we changed like the second chorus now says like uh instead of all weekend it went to like all week now we're staying home all my friends are staying home and little things like that that yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, you're working on material for a, a new EP already, right? So kind of what's going into that? Um, how deep are you? How much are you allowed to say? 
I don't know. We were talking about beforehand today. We're like, what are we allowed to say? I was like, uh, we're going to have to pass on that question. I would love I know yes. how to answer no, uh, we're still a band and we're writing music. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, with with writing music in quarantine, then we'll we'll spin this a little bit. Uh, with writing music in quarantine, is the plan to kind of stockpile a lot of songs, or are you being very particular in what you're doing? No, we. I mean, we throwing yeah. it on the table. We got a lot. They're <laughs> on the table. Yeah, we're trying to get a lot done as much as we can done. Kind of. I, I think everyone in the industry is prepping for like hoping that like next summer touring will open up again. Yeah. Uh, so I think like a lot of artists, we're just trying to get as much out, and it is hard because I think with less stimulation, sometimes as a writer, it's harder to like get inspired, and I've struggled mm-hmm. with that a little bit, especially lyrically, but. Um, yeah, we're just trying to get as much out and prepared as we can. Awesome. And then are you guys doing um, like at-home recording or do you have a studio that you normally go to um, for that process? At this point, we're just still demoing a bunch, um, which is all at-home stuff. We'll send tracks back and forth and um, we have like a little setup in his basement where we pretty much do everything. Yeah, we're either doing like, you know, voice memos on the phone or if we're like, or if the song's kind of to the next level, we'll we'll track it on Anna's laptop. Yeah. But just like very basic demo stuff, just so we can get to a point where we're like, okay, is this structurally good? This sounds good. Like, what do we need to work on? But really just like, we're just writing a bunch of stuff and kind of having just making a list of like all these ideas and seeing which ones kind of naturally move forward. Yeah. Awesome. Um, within quarantine, what have you guys done for like self care? Cause you know, obviously we've said it a few times that it's kind of mentally heavy, not being able to do the things that you're used to doing, even as an introvert, I'm an introvert myself, like, but you get used to your routine. And then when that routine gets broken, everything kind of stops. So what's that been like for you guys and how do you fight that? Uh, So the funny thing is I'm pretty extroverted. Uh, I definitely prefer hanging with people and seeing people. Um, But I have like a, I have a corporate job and my job was me kind of sitting at a computer, staring at a screen all day, looking at like Microsoft Excel and talking to nobody. Um, so (laughs) is actually a million times better. I don't talk to anybody at work anyway, because of just how my job works. Um, but now, you know, I have this fiance and she kind of, we kind of like sit back to back in the, in an office upstairs. Um, so honestly, like I've been good. (laughs) Like I've, uh, (laughs) like I'm, you know, like COVID stinks and like, it sucks for a lot of people, but I mean, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a good old time in here. (laughs) Right. Um, I don't know. It's hard. I feel like I've just really tried to make the most of like family, friends, time. Um, I and getting outside the last couple months has been like such a game changer. I think I was yeah. starting to get fever a little bit, and um, yeah, I think I have to keep reminding myself like every day, like go outside, go for a walk, because it actually does help so much. And I tend to get caught up. Like yesterday, I sat for like eight hours recording bass like the same 30 seconds for a whole day like so focused on this bass line and like 
and like I I literally like eventually realized it was five o'clock and I was like okay you need to like get outside right now and like go for a walk so I sat outside and ate dinner outside and yeah. that was nice <laughs> I, I guess the more I think about it I kind of just I, I've been keeping myself busy with different things um I have like a garden in the back oh, here yeah. and been, I've been um, like yo yeah. let me show you let me show you what I got hold on <laughs> We've been we've been actually <laughs> cooking too. Like um, we've we've made a uh, Ryan grew jalapenos and yeah. we made jalapenos together. Awesome. So we did like an eggplant Check farm. Check this out. Jeez. <laughs> that is. <laughs> is this your first time gardening? Oh, it's my second year. Um, it's my second year, but first year with eggplant, and they are my uh, they are my golden golden eggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, kind of, I guess, odd question, not music related at all. But what made you decide to start a garden and and you know, kind of do that? Oh, um, <laughs> um, obviously, everybody in the universe knows that food grows out of the ground. But I still think it's conceptually ridiculous because we're like, you know, <laughs> like in America where you just go to the store and you buy the food and that's just like where it comes yeah. from. Right. Um, but I knew that gardens like, you know, once you kind of just set them up, they're really not a lot of work. You just got to water it and pick it when it's done. Um, so I was just kind of like really interested by the idea of just like making my own vegetables. Um, so last year, like we had a bunch of peppers and they did really well. But this year the peppers didn't do well, but the eggplants are fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's really cool to be able to like grow something and then just cook the food that you made or the ground made, but you kind of give it water. Right. And shit. Yeah. You, you helped it along a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the tours you've done and kind of the highlights that you guys have, have had. Is there a tour that you've done or a place that you've been on tour that is just like almost that bucket list spot already? Yeah. So we played, um, we played at audio tree oh, in yeah. Chicago um, yeah. and being obviously music fans and big fans of like KEXP and audio tree and tiny desk, all these like, you know, live performance videos that are on YouTube that like everybody sees and you always find like bands you've never seen before. It was, it was such a dream come true for us to play audio tree. Yeah. Um, it was like one of those things. It's like, we were there and we couldn't believe it. We were playing and we couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. We got, it's in, um, filmed in Chicago and, um, said that, Oh, I know, but there's Russo's <laughs> music in Chicago. And I don't know if you know of like Russo's like guitar shop in yeah. right. No, no, sorry. no, it's a different. There's oh, it was, Chicago Music Chica Exchange. Yes, sorry, that's sorry. the one. Bruce's okay, that's an Asbury. Yeah, Bruce's music shop is great me. in Asbury Park. If anyone car <laughs> shop here, but represent. Sorry, Chicago Music Exchange is like this huge store that's just like every guitar player ever like dreams of going there. So the fact that we got to like go there and try all these ridiculously expensive guitars and then play like an audio tree that night was. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah. And then I, I lived in Philly briefly. And last year we got to play Union Transfer, which was a oh, very yeah. like, big deal for me because it was like where I went to concerts when I went to shows. And literally, I think I went almost a year to the day before that was like at a show watching there. And then got, about a year later, got to play it on stage. And that, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, I think when it comes to like tours, I don't I wouldn't say like there's ever like a full tour because touring's like 
it's it's a grind you know what yeah. i mean it's there's always ups and downs you know for every audio tree we broke down you know yeah. i mean for, right. for every great show with a lot of people there was a show with nobody you know what i mean it's like yeah I think it's probably easier just to call out like certain gigs or places, you know, like union transfer, audio tree, um, just like big shows. Or I think we played in Toledo, Ohio, and it was one of those shows where we were like, this is going to be a stupid show. It's like at somebody's house, whatever. And then it turns out being like our favorite show of the tour. And then we went back there again a second time. And it's like, it's just this one guy is like, He's like an engineer and he like built this music space in his like garage. And then he has like a half pipe in his driveway. Yeah, so, so it's the- like you just you just walk into you know, Ohio and you're like back in the nineties and there's like a dude doing BMX who then plays a killer set. Yeah, and insane. then like a fucking garage filled with people who are just there to enjoy music. Just it was like music just just paradise. happy drinking music people and friends and yeah. You know, it, a dog. Just so fun. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. A, a house dog. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so what would be the dream guitar for you? Uh, saying, you know, talking about Chicago Music Exchange, if money's no object, you can get your hands on whatever. What would be that guitar that you're like, no matter what, that's mine? Oof. That's <laughs> No, I've always I've always told myself that at some point I will like go big on like a really nice Mustang. Um, just it's always been one on the list I've wanted, and I've just never committed because I'm just waiting till I have the funds to like. Like I don't just want like a you know regular Mustang. I want like or there's like um, Music Man guitars where like this learning guitar that predated the Mustang and it's really similar. And I um, played one in the studio for like all of FOMO and it's freaking tiny and I have small hands and playing guitar with small hands is tough. So like this was like a kid's size guitar and I felt like God, because I could actually (laughs) fret chords that I can't normally fret. So, and it was like definitely, definitely a few thousand dollars. So, and it was from like the freaking, it was like from, awesome what about you ryan is there like a i i don't know drums that well is there like a kit that you would just die to have or obviously like neil pert's kit but like you know is there something specific that you would want well yeah the funny thing is like <laughs> it's just gonna be me being, and my answer is gonna be so annoying um <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give that kind of answer. I think it's one of those things where it's like the more gigs you play as a drummer, you're like, I would do anything in the world to just be a bass player and carry like one thing. Um, right. So if you're asking me like what my dream setup would be if I didn't have to move it ever, yeah. then yeah, first kit would be sweet. <laughs> like, um, but if we're talking about like like a kit that like I would have to move, um I think it'd be really cool to have just like a fifties or sixties small size jazz kit. I've never had a kit like that. I've always been, you know, like a rock drummer with like decent size drums. I don't play with a lot of cymbals though. Um, but yeah, just like a really small kit to just kind of play on dynamics and natural sounds and whatever. I think that'd be fun. That'd be, that'll be my next thing. I think. Yeah. Didn't they, they had some like 
I feel like it was back in like seventies jazz. They were called like trunk kits or something like that. That were like basically everything could fit inside itself and in a small smaller trunk and whatnot, right? Yeah, I mean, they have, I mean, there's so many variations with drums. If you pull off one of the heads, you can always you know stack things inside. It's just not good for the drum, right? But yeah, just like smaller sizes, they sound different. I think it would be fun. And the good news about that is they're not actually that expensive. Right, right. Depends what you want. But the funny thing with vintage drums is like, obviously there are rare and expensive kits, but you can go online and buy like an American made kit from the sixties or seventies for 800 bucks or a thousand bucks, which is really not bad. Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. Um, so let's say in a in a perfect world covid goes away and you guys are able to start touring and and stuff is there i'm going to make it a kind of a twofold question uh from equal vision what bands would you want to go on tour with and then separately from that if you guys were doing a headlining show what like three bands would you kind of want to to come along and be support acts for you support acts for us we we got we got a pair of dudes first. Yeah. <laughs> I said perfect world. <laughs> um, wow. Um, okay, there's two Equal Vision like current Equal Vision bands that come to mind for me that they're like younger, but I just think they're really cool and totally different. Um, one is like is um, Never Loved. They're like pretty new to the label. Um, but I just think they have a really interesting sound that kind of sounds like, I don't know how to, it's like very, I described it once to staff perfectly and I forget what I said, but it was just like, I don't know, like, I, I whatever, never loved. I'm not going <laughs> to remember what I said, but I really like them. And, um, one band that just blows my freaking mind not is, on there anymore. no. These are the these are the uh, alumni bands. Oh, maybe, maybe they're off now. But pop, uh, Polyphia. Oh, they're on now. Oh, yeah. On. That's okay. what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, is disgusting. They fucking blow my mind in like the best way. I think shred, 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 yeah, shred, shred. So shred, shreddy. Shred. Not that we would ever like be on a bill together, but I would. <laughs> I just respect. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like on the, the list, Night Versus is really good. Yep. Um, but like, just like Make Me Happy Forever Band is like Saves the Day would be so cool. You could yeah. Them yeah, I'll be like, yo, when's the last time you saw one of these, dude? And I'll be like, <laughs> or how'd you get a kick it back? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's say, I, I feel like you guys haven't done a whole lot of of kind of guest appearances on on your works right so if you could bring in a guest vocalist or a guest you know drummer or whoever who would you want to collaborate with hmm. get an employee you guy would be really cool. yeah that would be sick. <laughs> um yeah that would be sick from the label or from anywhere anywhere hmm. that's a very wide question I'd like to get like a really, really disgusting bass player on a song. Like the um what's that band? Uh um Are you talking about Wolfpack? Wolfpack basses. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know these from Scotch Plains? Oh, I didn't know that. We can play that. <laughs> That's card. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe we'll play that card. Yeah, it's that. like a really disgusting base play where everyone's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love that. Awesome, really funky bass line. Oh man, like, yeah, that guy's. We'll play really in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, that sweet, sweet. Um, so again, we know that we can't talk too much about the EP, or we don't know how much we can talk about the EP, but let's <laughs> let's say that aside, because obviously you're going to continue to work on that throughout the remainder of the year. What kind of plans do you have? Is there plans to do any maybe like live streams or anything like that throughout the, the remainder of the year? Yeah, we definitely would like to. Um, I think we've just had a lot of other stuff to be making, so um, that's kind of on the back burner at the moment but we are yes. been we've been like practicing to get ready for something like that we just haven't yes we we've been very very busy with stuff and that would be nice if it happens yeah awesome i think that's everything i've got for you guys so uh we're gonna close out with i always try to close out with kind of a fun question, kind of like what the, you know, who you'd collab with and whatnot, but uh, outside of music, let's go with your favorite TV show. And in that show, what character would you replace as that, you know, like as the actor? Oh, favorite. Okay. My show. favorite show right now has been Mrs. Maisel. That show's so good. Um, I just started watching and I just think it's, I don't know, I really like the that acting insane. in it. And the character I would love to try to play would be um, the agent. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Um, <laughs> she's so... Oh, she, you know you know she plays Lois Griffin? Yeah, she yeah. plays a lot. Like, she she's one of those actors, and I'm going to have to look up her Mrs. Name. Swan from Mad TV. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name either. Can't think of her name right now. Hold on, I'm going to... Um, That's a good... That would be a fun... She Fun just role. got this real, like, one of my favorite scenes is, um, so she basically is, like, the agent to this comedian, and um, there's a scene where she walks into uh, WME, like, the big talent agency, and mm -hmm. she scares off this, like, big-time agent that was coming after her comedian, and it's just, like, the greatest speech ever, where it's, it's so punk, like, it is the punkest thing I've ever seen. It's so good. That's a good choice. Yeah. I'm going to look up the actresses. I don't even know what I would choose on this. Because I feel like <laughs> I think about shows that I'm like currently watching right now. Alex Bornstein yes. is her name. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm currently watching um, The Legend of Korra. Okay. Solid. And it's the second Avatar show. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, being anybody on that show would be super cool and just having like... Do they have superpowers? Uh, yeah, fuck it, they have superpowers. <laughs> they, they, they either have water or air oh, or fire or ground. Okay, yeah, I can it. build myself, I can go camping and just like make like a fucking rock. So out of all the the, the like sign powers you could have... I thought about that. Water, fire, or air. Well, the thing is, it's, or, it's, it's usually personality, right? Okay. It seems like, you know, like the really like stubborn people be the earth people. They're really like free, caring about other people and healing into being like the water people. Brittany would be a water person. What would I be? You? Um, <laughs> you'd be air. No, you wouldn't be air. No, no, you'd be, you might be water. Cool. 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 I think I'd be fire. <laughs> I'd be just <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that like I spill or break something probably every day. So I'd be like one of the fire guys that just like accidentally fuck shit oh, up all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, just chaotic energy all the time. <laughs> so basically to end, um, obviously I'm going to uh, tag all the socials and all that sort of stuff in the podcast for you, but go ahead and do the, the typical closing, you know, um, plug whatever you want to plug, all the socials, that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, um, we're again, we're the Vons. Thank you to anyone who's listened. Thank you for having us, Josh. Um, you can check out All Weekend out now on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming sites, and the beautiful video that cloned Ryan um, is out on Equal Visions YouTube. Awesome. And our social channels are at the Vons NJ. Sweet. And we hope everybody is happy and healthy and safe and, um, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, COVID will go away. You guys will be able to get back on tour and, you know, we can link up. I do concert photography as well. And we can do this conversation again in person and all that too. Cool. We'd love that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. Not a problem. Thanks. You Yeah. Thanks for your time. And that was my conversation with Anna and Ryan, the Vons. Again, just a great time talking to them. Uh, I really love their energy, and you know they're they're so upbeat and positive. Um, they were just great to talk to. Uh, I'm really excited to see where things go for them. We will have if you check the description of the podcast links to all their social medias and things like that. Um, definitely check them out. Check out the new single all weekend. Um, you know, show some love. Go give them a like, a follow on Instagram, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to music. Um, let them know what you think of the sound. And, you know, I think that, like I said at the beginning of the episode, they just have a shitload of potential and the sky's the limit for these guys. I think it's a sound that people can just chill to and, and vibe with and resonate with. And hopefully that all translates, you know, to more streams and, and more fans. Um, again, want to thank them for taking the time to do the interview and... Um, I'm really excited to check out this EP when it comes out. Um, totally understand not being able to say a whole lot about it because not everything's been announced around it or anything like that. So um, it's someone that you need to put on your radars, though, because I think, you know, especially once this EP drops, they're going to be on a lot of people's radars and a lot of playlists and... Um, yeah, I, I think they're someone that you need in rotation. So again, thank you to Anna and Ryan. Uh, as I said, also at the beginning of the episode, we are just four weeks away from the one year anniversary show that is going to be November the 4th, uh, will be 52 episodes, uh, one, one year straight. Technically, we've had more than 52 episodes at that point because we've had the little bonus episodes that we've done, uh, but it's still the 52nd week episode, weekly episode. Um, make sure you're you're following us. Um, again, that's going to be a huge guest, but 
even aside from that, you know, give us a follow, like us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're dropping some new merch very, very soon. Um, so head over to youmakethescene.com slash shop. Uh, you can check out what we've got up now and we'll be posting about a couple new designs very, very soon. Um, and yeah, you know, we appreciate everything that you've done for us. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. And because of you guys, you gave me that extra little kick in the butt and helped me get started. Uh, and I, I definitely appreciate that. So also for the one year episode, you'll want to pay attention in that episode because there's going to be a keyword that will be a discount code and I've not discounted any merch really before so you'll check that out and then um, you know we may be doing some sort of giveaway right around that time too so let us know what you think of the podcast um, who you'd like to have us have on uh, you know we've got our list of people but we want to talk to the people that you guys want to hear from so let us know who that is if you've got band suggestions or anything like that, leave those in the comments. Hit me up on Instagram uh, or Facebook, you know, comment on posts or uh, send a message. We'll do our best to, to get as many of those people as we can. Um, and yeah, we're just super grateful, super thankful. Um, and for this episode, that's everything. And I am going to take you out with All Weekend by the Vaughns. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. <laughs>